0: The Jesus Labor of Love ministry, part of the Christian Car Guys show for about five years, it's car repair for labor, has been always in the past, car repair labor for single moms, widows, families in crisis, and the Lord's blessed us to help some, oh, 500 or so participants over the years in that, and the interesting thing is that about two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I got a call from auto parts company that, would consider helping underwrite the process because, again, we've always had the labor, but as the rip, the repair facilities that participate with us, you know, they donated the labor, but the single moms or the families in crisis would have to come up with the money for parts, or sometimes we got you guys who were listening to send money into the Jesus Labor Love through ChristianCarGuy.com to pay for the parts, but how cool is it that we got this call An answer to prayer, no doubt. So today, our announcement is that we have this new underwriter. It's autopartsnuts.com. Their prices are nuts. And it's really cool because they, if you even look at their website, you can see that they clearly have a mission where they honor God in all they do. And here's a Christian auto parts company out there. And they have three guys that they call the nuts, Andy, Roy, and Jack. And they say they've got gasoline in their veins. They've been racing for combined over 110 years. And we have today to share with you guys one of those nuts. We have Andy Vitek with us. Welcome, Andy.
1: Hey, Robbie. Thanks for having me on.
0: And so what I thought would be fun today for all of us listening is to glean some wisdom because as people... uh, are out there thinking about their their next auto part or whatever? What you know, there would be some questions that come to mind. And Andy, you you jotted down some questions you think that are common that people would ask. What What did you come up with?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think there are a lot of questions uh, when ordering online in general, and I think we're all subject to that wave, um, you know, of online purchasing, which is huge. It's growing by you know double digits every single year. Um so people need to be cautious, they need to be uh, aware, but it's also very convenient. and the pricing on the internet can be m- much better uh, than going to your local store or a store because you're not paying, you know, these stores on the internet are not paying for the bricks and mortar, so to speak, and and higher, you know high paid employees to be at the counter or salespeople. So, there's a lot of benefits to doing it, um, you know, shopping online. And I think, Robbie, you know, you, you touched a couple points about, you know, how, how can people, you know, what are some of the questions or the common questions? So I just went through, and it's, it's interesting because I, last night, you know, I dropped down some questions, and I'm just thinking how I think. But, you know, we're we're running also an online business, so I'm not, you know, I'm thinking on the other side of it. But so I, I, I asked my boys, I asked my wife, I said, you know, give me some questions about Know, what, how do you feel when you're, when you're online and you're ordering a part? How do you, you know, what are some of the questions that come to your, to your mind? And, and in my business, you know, the parts business, um, you know, the people, how do I know I'm getting the right part? How do I know I'm buying that correct part? And that's, you know, because they're, they're, they're ordering it online. It's being yeah. shipped to them, even though it's quickly. You know, in some cases, people get it the next day. And, you know, the part's there, but how do I know that it's not for, you know, who's making, you know, that judgment call and, and so on. Um, and what's interesting is the more depth that you can get into when ordering a part, the more uh, specific for your vehicle, that's how you're going to ensure that the part is going to be very close to being correct or spot on. And what I'm saying is, for instance, um, on our site, we have a a VIN checker, vehicle identification number checker. So, if a person's ordering a part, they can actually look at their insurance card, or um, you know their their uh, registration card, and take the the vehicle identification number, type it in. It's you know on the right side of our site, and they could then they can access all the parts for that specific car. And the reason I'm saying that is. It's it's that specific because if you're driving a 2004 Toyota Camry, uh, it may be a crossover year from the 2003, and parts may be totally different in mid-year. So from in 2004, they may have switched, you know, brake oh, rotors yeah. or That's... spindles or something. You, you understand that? I mean, it's a it's a it's you it's, know, it's a crossover year. It's a year.
0: detailed thing, and so. As you're listening right now, you're thinking, well, I always wondered about this. I always wondered about that. If I was going to order a part online, what happens if it's not the right one? i got to return it. All those things are dancing around in your mind. You call us right now, 866-348-7884. What about ordering parts online? What is that? 866-348-7884 is the number to call in. We would love to hear your question. And, of course, we're going to have Andy on for the whole show. But at the bottom of the hour, we have Ron Margandana, who is a Michelin tire expert. He's with Michelin tires. And the reason we have him on, and we got Andy as our parts expert, and then we got a tire expert on, is I got this email a few weeks ago. And this email was a question that a a listener had. You may have a similar question. He said, I have a Christian mechanic that I've used for over 20 years, and I must say he's one of the best I've ever experienced. He's a certified Ford expert mechanic and worked in their shops for years before opening his own business. He advises me to run my truck tires at the max PSI printed on the tire. He's given me the reasons that I should do this, to get longer tire wear, better fuel mileage, prevent cupping, better cornering, and claims that there's less chance of tire damage on the inside, and thus lowers the chances of sidewall blowouts. He also adds that recommended PSI shown on the front door posts are basically a matter of comfort, and the tires ran at those pressures will wear quicker, and that makes the tire manufacturers happy. <laughs> and he said, I have a 1995 Ford F 150, and I was thinking about applying this to pasture cars also. So, should I do this for my wife's car? And this was my question, for which I almost went, Oh, no, wow. You know, that's real scary what you're talking about there's, but I. Answered the question like this. And and so you can be thinking about this in your own mind. I said, thank you, John. Great question. I think I will throw this one out to the audience, and I will also throw it out to some manufacturers to see what they say. My off-the-cuff response would be that I pray the manufacturers have a better motive for what they put in the doorposts than, than than what your friend says. But I do know that, and I do know this. That overinflated tire will get a better gas mileage and be less likely to pick up road debris. That's true. However, <laughs> it's far less footprint on the pavement. This greatly increasing stopping distance and decreases wet and inclement weather traction and handling. So for my wife and children, I'll trust the recommended pressure in the door. Another note would be the wear and tear on the suspension shocks and struts as overinflated tires bounce a great deal more and so they, you know, when you hit a bumper or a curve, Those are going to get you into trouble, so to speak. So with that said, I'm going to do some more study, as I did, and I actually got the people on from Michelin. They're going to be here at the bottom of the hour. So not only can you call in today with your online parts question, but you can also call in with that tire inflation question, and we're going to get that settled at the bottom of the hour with our expert from Michelin Tires. Then, and we got so much more for you in the show today, coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, crowd for understanding, lift up our voices. And see, we have experts today on both parts and tires. And to me, experts are a great example of the wisdom that, that's out there in life and that the Holy Spirit lights our hearts with. And you've heard me speak before that if the Christian's body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, then where might the Holy of Holies be? I mean, if our bodies are at the temple of the Holy Spirit, where would the Holy of Holies be? And I would suggest that it's our hearts. Well, this week <laughs> I was asked to give the message at the eleven o'clock service next week at Peace Church in Durham. That's next Sunday, so I'm going to be at Peace Church in Durham. If anybody wants to make it there, we have that all at ChristianCarGuy.com, by the way, if you want to see how to get there. But my friend, Pastor James Bank Banks, asked me to speak, and so I said, "Well." Are you guys in a series or is there a particular passage you would like me to speak on? And he said, yes, we're in Revelation. And I would like you to speak on Revelations 15 through <laughs> 22. was just A little bitty passage. There. <laughs> so i son sort of set me back in my chair for a second. And, and then I thought before I responded that, you know, anytime that God gives us an opportunity to speak, he downloads this message to you. And I thought, man, oh, man. If I agree to do this, then God's gonna give me something on Revelation 15 through 22. And man oh man did he, and I get to share that. And that illumination coming up at the end of the show and our appraisal by the real black book. But right now we want to get your calls. What about if I order a part online? How do I know they're not getting my money? How did I know that my I'm not losing my identity? You know, what's going on with that? 866-348-7884. We'll be right back. I'm a nut, I'm a nut, I'm a nut, I'm a nut. Autopartsnuts.com is a new underwriter of the Jesus Labor Love and the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Welcome back. We're so excited today about this because for a long time, you know, were, we're praying, God, we need more resources in order to meet the needs of the people and the applicants that come in. So let me just start off again by saying that if you know somebody... That is in an emergency car repair situation, single mom, families in crisis, widows often, um, they can go to ChristianCarGuy.com and there click on the Jesus Labor Love banner. And there there's a form that they can fill out so we can make sure that they're qualified and and that we're seeing what the need is specifically and how we might handle that. And. Again, as we said, with this week, we're so excited because we have now added a new resource to that as we have the underwriters autopartsnuts.com, and we have Andy Vitek here with us today to talk about some of those questions you may have as you go online to order parts. And it's kind of cool for me, or from my standpoint, any of the people that help us with the Jesus labor love, all the car repair places across the country, and now autopartsnuts.com. Think about it. If you need help, if you need auto repair why not look at these people that are helping out single moms and widows and families in crisis? If you need parts, wow, what an opportunity to you know, kind of invest in the kingdom as all these people are investing in the kingdom in the Jesus labor love. So we're excited to have Andy with us and we have uh, Michelin coming up at the bottom of the hour, but right now we're talking about those questions that everybody might have as they order those parts and and that's one of those that just comes right off the top of my mind, Andy, is how do people know that they won't Lose their identity. You know, if I order something with my sure. credit card on the online, it could just go away.
1: Yeah, and and it, and it happened. You know, it's happened to a lot of us. Uh, you know, identification, identity theft, and you know, people getting credit cards and so on. And it obviously, as I mentioned, you know, it is a big concern. And it was one of my questions that I wrote down, as I mentioned before. I was talking with my wife and children, saying, you know, what are what are some of the questions that you have when you're online and you're ordering something, and you know is my information secure when ordering online? And are I give you an example like in general when you're when you call some uh, a, a company and you give them your credit card information um, or check information if you were doing an e-check or something. Let's say the credit card information when you're giving that person your you know the, your credit card information your personal information your three-digit, you know, number on the back um, or four-digit, you're relying on that person not to distribute that information. So I get, I get calls all the time saying, you know, can, can I order this over the phone because, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about identity theft. So my, my first, you know, what I first explained to them is you're better off doing it online rather than giving a person the credit card information over the telephone. Because it is, it, it, in many cases, it's, it's extremely secure. And I can, I can tell you from our site <clears throat> that we do not keep the credit card information. So uh, the, the consumer goes on and purchases the part. They pick the part. They put their credit card information, shipping address, mailing address, and so on. And when they hit enter, it processes through. One of the gateways of uh, the credit card industry, like Visa or Mastercard, it processes through that, and there. I think, from my background, is in originally in banking and so on. Uh, I under, you know, I I know the security end of it, and they are very, very secure. They're always changing um, their methods of security and trying to stay on top of this, to, so there's no breaches. Where I think the consumer needs to be cautious is the sites that they're buying from. Some do continue to keep your credit card information on file within their system. Ours does not. It is immediately destroyed. So if we were ever hacked as a company, you hear all this hacking and so on, uh, to to gain information like that, they can't find anything because there's nothing there. So I think the the consumer needs to be um, confident when they're dealing with Internet uh, companies, that their, their credit card information will be secure. But be sure that if you're dealing with a company maybe for the first time, definitely read you know, their disclaimers about credit card information and so on and be sure that they don't store it for future purchases or anything like that. Because the, the, you know, the smaller sites are, are more vulnerable to hacking uh, or you know, another uh, agency grabbing their information.
0: So, and an- that- another thing that uh, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in parts, which that was actually when I got in the car business originally back in my teen, <laughs> I was in parts mm-hmm. and it was quite often that people would use electrical parts as a test series. You know, I don't know if this is the, you know, it says I need a sensor according to this code. So they'll order the sensor when they're not absolutely certain they need the sensor. But then a lot of times once they've been used, if they're electrical, they're not returnable. How does that work when it comes to you guys?
1: Well, it's pretty much the same. I mean, when you're when you're dealing with electrical parts, that's that's an area that you need to be. I think <clears throat> when I'm when I'm working on my own car, which I do, and I test, and the code comes up and says, you know, it's an O2 sensor, uh, which is an oxygen sensor in the in the exhaust system. You, you know, it could be one of you know, four or five different sensors on that one side, it could be something else. So when you buy an electrical part and then install it and it doesn't cure the code, the first thing you want to do is you want to send it back. But you need to be very careful with especially electrical items because if you install it improperly, it could short out. Um, If you, if it's, you know, you strip the threads on a O2 sensor or something, you know, you damage the wires or something, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to return it. You know, we have our policy is, you know, if the, if the part doesn't work for you, send it back. You know, if it's the wrong part, obviously you send it back. OK, um, but you definitely need to be cautious. And I think my advice in that area specifically, especially electrical. Don't just take a, a, a for, uh, you know, for granted a, a, a code and just take it for face value saying this must be it double check it, go on the internet, Google it, You know, use one of the search engines, search that part, search, you'll, you'll find, I can almost assure you, you can find any car that you're having an issue with, if you Googled it, that specific problem, you're going to have 10, 20 or more different
0: cars Yeah, there's comments. wonderful, there even YouTube videos showing you, wow, if you got this code, it could be this short, it could be this Absolutely. other part, and all those things, so we got... A lot more with Andy coming up. we got this whole tire pressure. Should we overinflate our tires? Should we trust what's on the door jam? We're going to find out when we come back. We still need your questions. 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have a comment, 866-34-TRUTH. feel under pressure when you're listening to all that <laughs> tire pressure is what we're fixing to talk about today on the Christian Car Guys show. And our producer found the very, um, a very sort of full of air tune, I, I, for a, a lack of a better way to put it, as we're going to get into this question about tire pressure. But we have Andy Vitek as well with us today with autopartsnuts.com. And we have Ron Margadana with us from Michelin. And welcome, Ron. Good morning, Robbie. And Ron is a tire safety expert with Michelin. And as I was telling our listeners at the beginning of the show, I got this email. And this person had a very specific question. And they, their Ford mechanic had told them, and he'd been a Ford mechanic 20 years, you know, fully certified, told him to run the maximum PSI printed on the side of the tire. And he felt like the tire pressure that was printed in the door jam was simply a suggestion from the manufacturer based on they wanted you to wear your tires out too soon and so <laughs> it had me a little worried that people would do that because it just there's a lot of safety issues there and I, I was wondering your response to that Ron
2: <laughs> well Robbie <clears throat> that question uh, believe it or not comes up many many times you know daily uh, in you know for consumers because um, there, there's varying instructions on tire pressure but here here's uh here's what michelin recommends um there we we feel that the pressure that is on the door jam or what we refer to in the industry as the tire placard which you can find on your door jam sometimes it may be on the glove box but you, you have to remember now that the uh the car manufacturer or the truck manufacturer uh each and every tire goes through a very stringent homologation and specification process with the auto manufacturer and the engineers and those that are particularly involved in the chassis and suspension design of that particular vehicle. And really, those are the people that set those pressures on the placard that I'm talking about. And, you know, what are are they looking at? Well, they're looking at many properties of the tire, but they're looking for what I would say is the best balance of tire performance with the vehicle, you know, in concert with the suspension. So what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about things like, you know, the handling characteristics of the vehicle, the the ride comfort of the vehicle, certainly fuel economy is important to the the original equipment manufacturers, but also the tread life. So what we have taken the position of in North America with Michelin is that our publications and our communications to all of the people that service our tires is to use that placard pressure because those are the people that best know the ultimate performance. Now, coming back to your mechanic, running a little bit higher pressure, is that totally wrong? I mean, the answer is no, but it's not the optimized level. Um, I think one mistake that he's maybe concluding is that they will give better wear. That's not necessarily true. Because um, a higher pressure sometimes changes what we call the contact pressure rest, uh, area of the, uh, of the road surface. And higher pressure sometimes is not the best for wear life. So I think it's somewhat of a myth that the car manufacturers are lowering the pressures just for tread life. I, I think the real answer is they put the pressure there to, um, to balance all of the performance that they're seeking in that particular vehicle. There's there's one more thing that I would like to mention about that, Robbie, and that is um, not only Michelin, but probably most of the tire manufacturers um, are putting higher maximum pressures that are branded on the sidewall. It used to be 10, 15 years ago, 35 PSI would be a common pressure max, but now today we're using 44, and even in many cases, 51 PSI. And the placard pressure has not gone up in in many cases. The placard is still at 32, 33 PSI. So I think it would be erroneous for anybody, mechanic or consumer, to look at the sidewall to put the pressure because they would create some, some, I'll call it imbalance.
0: Well, the two things that jumped out at me, Ron, were stopping distance. And if in bad weather, hydroplaning, that kind of thing, doesn't that greatly, if you are overinflated, you don't get that full tire pad on the ground and you're Right,
2: right. And that's and that's another reason for safety, uh, for braking and hydroplaning, which are really two different mechanisms of wet performance. Um, again, you want to have good adhesion and contact pressure with that road service to to ensure that. And again, it's another reason why to stay with the placard and not deviate.
0: And there there's one thing that can be said, and I'm sure you would agree with me, Ron. That if anybody is at least paying attention to their tire pressure, they're ahead of most of. Them. <laughs> that you know, one of the biggest problems, obviously, is people don't even check their tires.
2: Well, that's 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 one of the issues that we face uh, continuing the tire industry is to make sure that there are maintenance checks. Um, you know, from a from a recommendation, we we try to encourage um, people to check their inflation pressure pressure monthly. Uh, certainly. Sometimes maybe that's not always possible, but um, normally most people get tires rotated, and when they get them rotated, I'm sure the service technician will adjust the pressure again to the, to the placard, but um, you know, it's funny because your reader is, you know, recommending on the high side going higher pressure. <laughs> One of the things that we worry about is under inflation with, um, you know, with uh, the tire overheating and things of that sort, which is a whole nother issue. So it's uh, it's kind of kind of humorous that you know we're, we're talking both sides of the placard but um you know if we're going to air certainly be on the high side and not on the low side for sure
0: and, and we, we posted this by the way at christiancarguy.com as well as auto parts nuts and and this and the article that we're going to talk about at the end of the show but uh, if you look at the picture that that michelin provides there at their website they have a really really cool looking tire gauge and i was extremely jealous when I saw that picture, I was like, man, yeah. I need a tire gauge like that. need to get one of those, yeah. Because really. <laughs> it doesn't just measure the tire pressure. It has all sorts of readings there th- yeah, to but, give you. Yeah, I mean,
2: that, that's a cool gadget, but, I mean, it doesn't really take that kind of cost. I mean, it's really just a simple gauge that I'm sure all the auto parts stores sell. You can buy a gauge for, you know, a few dollars. Uh, and, you know, the accuracy maybe is not as precise as the one you're describing, but it's certainly uh, – Enough to give an alarm if there's a if there's some someone's you know seriously underinflated or not.
0: And Andy, yeah, I know you're on with us. I have a little tire gauge that's magnetic, and the reason why I like it is because I put it in the inside of my gas tank door to remind me. (laughs) Good (laughs) idea. um, When I open my gas tank door, there sits this tire pressure gauge, and even if I don't, which I try to almost every time I I check my I fill up with gas check the tire pressure, then at least I'm looking at the tires going well, you know, what what's going on here? Because even a simple visual expression, uh, right. inspection can help out, right, Ron?
2: Well, it can, but yeah, you you got to remember now, radial tires, uh, due to their inherent construction, uh, you know, even when they're properly inflated, um, you know, have a little bit of bulge, you know, where you're in contact with, you know, the road surface or the driveway or wherever you're looking at it. So um, sometimes it's hard to detect. If a tire is like 10 PSI or even 20 PSI interflated, it's not going to be readily apparent to, you know, the everyday consumer. Now, me being in the tire industry, I probably would pick that up because, I'm you know, I'm an expert in the area. But, I mean, I think the everyday consumer could have a problem on the visual. And that's why we don't rely on visual. Certainly visual is, is one way of looking at it. But uh, get yourself a good stick gauge and measure it monthly. Um, and, just, and just to be you know safe, that's, that's what we recommend.
0: And Andy, you raced cars, so I'm sure you have some thoughts on this issue.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was listening to Ron. I think he, he's added uh, a tremendous amount of insight, especially, Ron, with the, with the radial tires and the, and the visual. Um, I run – I have a couple different cars that I use every day – not every day, but I, I kind of rotate a truck and so on. And when I'm getting gas, I'll just visual – you know, I'll do a visual. But if you're in tune with your car, I think uh, just the drivability will be different if you have a low tire or low tires. And Ron, is, I mean, especially in the wintertime, you have, you know, the cold weather that is going to reduce, you know, it's going to contract the, uh, the air and you're going to have lower pressure um, more often. So you need to really check in the wintertime, I believe, more yep. so uh, yep. than I mean, in the, in the warm weather.
2: There. Andy, yes. I mean, that's one thing I did want to cover here is um, the rule of thumb that we use is for every 10 degrees Fahrenheit drop in temperature, you lose a pound, just to the uh, the gas law of of, Mm -hmm. of error. So, I mean, if you if you had let's just say hypothetically you had your last uh, inspection, let's say on July 1st, and your tires were properly faded, and then here it becomes like December, January, and you know I'm in South Carolina here and our temperatures are, uh, you know, somewhere in the high twenties, low thirties, you know. And if you get them serviced at ninety degrees in July, that's
0: that's. Oh wow! I, I, different. That's a, I hate to jump in here and and stop this, but because it's so interesting. But we got to go to through this segment. When we come back, we're going to do our appraisal by the Real Black Book, Ron. That was just awesome. I appreciate you guys being on so much with us. We'll have you back, and we got Andy back when we come back. So stay tuned. I really need to read myself of the pusher, pusher, pusher to be someone else that the world has made. Jesus take from me all the pusher, pusher, pusher to be someone that you did not Welcome create. back to the Christian Car Guys Show show. <laughs> Once again, our producers found the exact song to talk about the pressures Of tires that we've been talking about, we've been talking about the wonderful announcement that the Jesus Labor Love now has a new underwriter, AutoPartsNuts.com, single moms, widows car repair that we've been doing for a number of years. Now we have a resource to help us with qualified participants to be able to provide those parts. And along that way, you have a resource now on the Christian Car Guy show where you can call with your questions about buying parts online or parts in general. 866-348-7884. I've got Andy Vitek, one of the three parts nuts, with us. And by the way, next week on our Christian Car Guy Theater, we have a new episode which is going to feature the auto parts nuts called Tight is Right. And I'm very excited about hearing that, aren't you, Andy?
1: Yes, very much. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't wait.
0: And so in the last segment of Christian Car Guy Show, you know, we do our appraisal by the Real Black Book, and that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding, because it's always my pleasure to see what God has been teaching me through the week, car-wise, to see how that applies to my spiritual life. And this week, I felt like, wow, he gave us some real illumination through experts like Andy and Ron, and how does God illuminate our hearts as the Holy Spirit, so to speak? And uh, have I spoken before that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Well, this week I was asked to give a message. Actually, a week from Sunday, next a week from Sunday at Peace Church in Durham, and my friend Pastor James Banks asked me to to speak if I could on Revelations 15 through 22. And I was like, "Oh my word! I, you know, that's a series. That's a lot. But I don't know about one sermon. But I so I. But I thought, well, if if God's got this for me, he's going to give me this download, and man, oh man, did he give me a download this week, because I just thought, well, I'll reread 15 through 22 with fresh eyes, and so when I started to read that, all of a sudden, it hit me like a ton of bricks that I never cease to amaze me how little I know about things. (laughs) because I got this, I had a giant misunderstanding about eternity, because... In Revelations 21, 22, and you can look at this, by the way, we have all this stuff and all the links and stuff I'm going to talk about here in a minute. It's all at ChristianCarGuy.com. You'll see a picture of the menorah. You, if you click on that article, you'll see all this. But in Revelation 21, 22, it says, I did not see a temple in the city. Never talked talking about the New Jerusalem. I didn't see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And my heart would just like bewildered. Wait a minute. I had this picture of heaven with the lampstand and the thrones and the and the, and the four living creatures, and wait a minute, you mean I'm going to go through eternity and there's no temple? What, is that? what does that mean? And so I decided to go back and <clears throat> do some more study on the menorah because you know how, if people listen regularly, know how I love the picture of the seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11 and how those lamps in the menorah are the the spirit of wisdom and counsel and might and knowledge and and all those things illuminate the delight and the fear of the Lord, which is is Christ. And so I went back and studied the menorah and I found something that was just really a neat picture of what I'm talking about. And again, there's a link to it. It's called A Closer Look at the Menorah. And the thing that struck me was that when you look in Numbers 8-2, it tells them how they were supposed to light the menorah. And when you look at it, it's a little hard to understand in the translation that we have, but when you really study it, the wicks of the six lights were supposed to point towards the center one. And so all the lights were supposed to illuminate the center light. Well, when you begin to think about that, if, if the Holy Spirit's there to illuminate Christ in our hearts, it only makes sense that all those lights would be pointing towards Christ, which is a picture of what we had in the menorah, what God gave him in the temple. And the article goes on to explain that the word menorah meant actually hard to make, and that in the midrash, which was some Jewish writings, they they had said that they threw that Moses threw a bar of gold into the fire, and God had to make the menorah because it was so hard to make that with all its, you know, cups and all the things that were assembled there, and that the menorah that was in the temple was had a miraculous quality in it that. The middle light, and it says this right there in the midrash. I had no idea. The mid you know, they they had to keep the lights kindled all night long. Well, the middle light never went out miraculously. That all the other six would burn out, but the one that was in the middle, based on the way it was made and the way it held oil, I would suppose, or something, it would never go out until the night that the veil was torn in two. And it's actually in the Midrash, it's actually in the rabbinic writings, not in the Bible now, but in their writings, and there's a link to it in in ChristianCarGuy.com, where after Christ died, the light no longer stayed lit through the night for the 30 years prior to, or 40 years prior to the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D., and there were three other miracles that went into that that I won't go into detail but if you come to the sermon that I give at peace church on sunday in durham if you happen to be in that area anywhere i would love to see you and again the links there and i can give you the story of the other miracles that accompanied that one where the light didn't stay lit but the picture is this that when we go off into eternity we are joined we're the bride of christ and the 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 illumination that comes from all that to illuminate christ is going to be inside of us and we are the tabernacle of god is now with men and so how cool is it that we get a chance to do that and so i also thought it was really wonderful that this illumination provided us with autoparts that god illuminated us in this ministry to that resource i thought it'd be really good for you guys to hear you know andy you had a relationship with christ and he kind of drew you into this, and can you kind of tell yeah. us a little bit of the story of your life and how God, you know, got you where you are now?
1: Sure, sure. Um, everything you say is, is the, the truth, and uh, um, well, I, I, let me just tell you a little bit my background, um, so it's not, you know, we're, we're just these uh, uh, geeky guys, so to speak, computer guys that just uh, started this, this uh, site. Uh, I grew up in a a small town outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. And um, I I was driving, I first started driving when I was six. We only had a part-time policeman in the town, and it didn't really, you kind of did what you want. My first car I owned at at 10, and that was a a Pontiac GTO, 66 GTO. Oh, wow. And then (laughs) from there I had, I I, I was just, my brothers, I'm the youngest of four, and they were all, we were all into cars. And I had 165 cars by the time I was 17. So we had a little restaurant. My parents had a restaurant up there. And if someone broke down traveling through town, my dad would, uh, if they made their way to the restaurant uh, to use the phone, my dad would whistle for us and tell us to go get the car, the guy's car, and or the person's car, and then bring it back to the restaurant, fix it for him and then get him on his way. And that's what we, we kind of did uh, for all those years. So it was... Um, Kind of an interesting upbringing, but um, a lot of love, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, obviously, you know, church and, and God and so on in our lives the, the entire time um, through our parents. But I've, I've been racing for 25 years, and currently, uh, I my favorite car that I have of a of, of few race cars is the late Jim Fitzgerald's car. He's in, He was originally from the Winston-Salem area. Um, wow. And um, his daughter, Mary Jo, her birthday was yesterday. And I wish her, her a happy, happy birthday. And, and Mary Lou, his wife, her, uh, her birthday's coming up on the 22nd. Oh, wow, I they're hate very that, special. I hate
0: that music is sharing that we don't have a lot of time left. I did want to make the connection for you. Isn't it cool that God gave Andy a father that wanted to reach out and help folks that were stranded out there? And now he's given them a way to do that through the Jesus Labor Love. And we're going to have Andy on again real soon, so you can hear a lot of how he actually came to Christ and in, in his testimony. But Andy, thank you so much for being on with us oh, thank today. You, how fun! And again, yeah. go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Find out all those links where I'm going to speak in Durham next week. And uh, by all means, uh, get an idea of what your picture of eternity is, and spend some time with the Lord that week. This week, enjoying that. Check those tire pressure. You know. Check out autoparksnuts.com at the website. Remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went.